Every generation has its own heroes. Lawrence filled this role for the 1920s and 1930s. He was not only a courageous warrior, but an intellectual whose self-questioning and literary talents set him apart from the more conventional war hero. He was the right man for the times. The survivors of the First World War and the generation which followed were stunned by the mass slaughter of the Western Front. By contrast, Lawrence emerged the hero of a struggle which could be romanticized without any sense of guilt. The Arab campaign had been waged far away in exotic surroundings, and, above all, it had been a war in which the individual could still dominate the battlefield. Lawrence has continued to fascinate. Although behind-the-lines operations, managed by men of daring do, were more plentiful in the Second World War, no Lawrence emerged. Field Marshal Montgomery and Admiral Mountbatten commanded public attention, but they never captured the public's imagination, although both were showmen, and, unlike Lawrence, did not suffer qualms about courting public adulation. Long before he died, people spoke about the Lawrence legend, and in 1962 this became fixed in the British and American national consciousness by David Lean's film, Lawrence of Arabia. Crammed with dramatic incident, with dazzling footage of desert and a Bruckneresque score, the film entertains and reassures. Like the ancient ballad or the epic poem, it recreates history as it ought to have been, rather than as it was. While the film Lawrence entranced audiences, his historical counterpart was being found wanting. In 1955, Richard Aldington's biography broke a twenty-year tradition of Laurentian hagiography by arguing that its subject was a sham, and that his reputation had been artificially preserved by a coterie of admirers. To judge by the roars of rage provoked by the book, Aldington had damaged his target, although his attack was only the prelude to the broader assault on the values and myth figures of the previous generation which would be undertaken by writers and intellectuals during the late 1950s and 1960s. It was open season for such as Lawrence, who, as an intelligence officer, had done all he could to protect and extend British imperial power in the Middle East. How he did so, and how he understated the part played by the Arabs in their own emancipation, were revealed by Professor Suleiman Musa and by Philip Knightley and Colin Simpson, whose biographies appeared in 1966 and 1969. Lawrence still had his champions, who challenged the findings of the revisionists. The most formidable was John Mack, an American psychologist who had been allowed free access to closed files of Lawrence's papers in the Bodleian Library, Oxford. Mack's biography, 1976, sought to rehabilitate Lawrence and invest him with a fresh significance that would be relevant for late twentieth-century man. Following a line first suggested by Christopher Isherwood, Mack proposed that Lawrence's inner turmoil and contradictions somehow reflected in microcosm those of his generation. Not only did he illuminate a pandemic of modern neuroses which, Dr. Mack asserted, had yet to run its course, he was a hero of non-war fit to join an American liberal pantheon alongside such figures as Gandhi. So, in twenty years, Lawrence became in turn mountebank, Hollywood superhero, imperialist manipulator, neurotic, and pacifist. Legends survive because they are continually being re-examined, reinterpreted, and retold. 
There is Mallory's Arthur, as well as Tennyson's, Hollywood's, and the Romano-British warlord of the archaeologist and historian. What is important is that Lawrence, like Arthur, lies at the heart of a legend that seems set to enjoy some sort of universality and endurance. It is possible to distinguish two Lawrences, one a historic figure and the other a creature of mythology. The separation of the two is difficult, not least because Lawrence was in part the creator of his own myth, which he carefully founded on history. He hoped that posterity would remember him as an artist. To that end, he made his own life into a work of art.